Bible tells us that he's great and he is greatly to be praised. We had uh, Brother Mark Etheridge uh, on the drums tonight, in case some of you was wondering. This young man had approached me actually at a funeral and uh, said that he plays music and whatnot, and he's been at some other churches and uh, wanted to know if he could come and rehearse and whatnot with the worship team. And I said, absolutely. Amen. He did fantastic tonight. So, amen. We appreciate all the help, and we appreciate him worshiping with us tonight. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we'll be tonight. Church, after the message, the word this morning, the Lord had placed on my spirit. I'm not going to try and keep you too long tonight. I will try my best to get you out of here by around 7-ish or so. can't promise you that, but I will definitely try. But, church, I think we need more education, amen, in the basic doctrines of the Lord, and especially tonight in approach to the gifts of the Spirit. So I want to teach you tonight on the gifts of the Spirit, something that I think many of us should have more knowledge and wisdom concerning, especially in what they are and the operation of such. So let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight and ask Him to bless this word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You, we glorify You. I thank You, Lord, for Your presence tonight. Lord, I just ask You to touch me, Lord, as the speaker, as the minister tonight. Help me, Lord, to teach tonight, Lord, to educate the body, Lord, in Your word, Your ways, Your wisdom tonight. Lord, unveil to us tonight, Lord, the diversities of gifts, Lord, which you have given to your body, to your church, to your bride. Help us, Lord, to learn and to understand them and how to operate in them, O Lord God, as we seek, Lord, a further and deeper relationship with you. Bless us tonight, Lord, and anoint me, Lord, as your speaker. And we will give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name tonight. And everyone said amen and amen. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the Bible tells us about a fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits, but a fruit of the Spirit. And it tells us many things about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, the Bible tells us that there is no law meaning there is no law forbidding us to do these things. But the fruit of the Spirit primarily deals with behaviors, a behavior that you and I would exhibit because we have the Spirit of God functioning and flowing within us, the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit teaching us and guiding us. So we see behaviors that should manifest themselves, not just behaviors, but also attitudes that should manifest themselves as having the Spirit of God functioning and flowing in our lives instead of the sin nature ruling our lives. We should have the fruit of the Spirit. And so it's going to be a fruit, something that's sweet, something that's nourishing, something, hallelujah, that's tasteful, not only to ourselves, but also to all of those around us. And so we should be manifesting these types of attitudes and behaviors of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Quite a long list there of the fruit of the Spirit that should be 
manifesting itself because of God's Holy Spirit residing, indwelling within us. But primarily, we see the fruit of the Spirit is used primarily for ourselves and how we can touch and exhibit these type of behaviors one to another. Not just the behaviors, but as I said, the very mindset, the very attitude towards not only fellow believers, but those that are lost, dying, lonely, and are afraid. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see a different type of operation of the Spirit that is different than the gifts, than is the fruit of the Spirit. We see the gifts of the Spirit. Before we get into these, I want to touch on some definitions that are going to be specific to us tonight. In chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So we see the great apostle Paul once more speaking to the church, speaking to the body, speaking to fellow believers, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we see him telling them specifically about spiritual gifts. He does not call them something that we can earn, something that we can attain to, something that we can buy, something that we can grasp, but instead it is a gift of God, a gift freely given of God. God specifically chooses the gift, and God chooses who he gives the gift to. So it's not something that we earn, not something that we buy. In fact, you would remember the situation where Peter and some of the other apostles are actually doing the work of God. And a man comes by and says that he wants to buy of what they have. And Peter tells him, get thee behind me, basically is what he says. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, get away from me, for you cannot buy anything. You take your money and you go, because you cannot buy anything from the Spirit of God. It cannot be bought, church. It is a gift that is given from the Lord. But he says, I would not have you ignorant of this. Now, oftentimes in the English language, this word ignorant, we look at it as very, being very derogatory. In fact, we will say that about people sometimes. We should not say those things. We will say, well, that person was ignorant. And what they were saying, that person was, was ignorant. And what they were doing, it's like a derogatory term. But the Apostle Paul, this is not the meaning of the word ignorant. The word ignorant literally means unlearned and untaught. And none of us know anything unless God reveals it to us or unless we are taught something, amen? People like to say, well, you're supposed to have common sense. Well, the truth about common sense, church, is this. It can't be common to you if you've never experienced it or you've never heard about it. <laughs> amen. But the Apostle Paul puts emphasis here on spiritual gifts. I would not have you unlearned and untaught, but instead I'm going to tell you something now that you may not know. I'm going to seek to educate you on the gifts of the Spirit and you being a believer, you being a disciple, a student of the Lord should also seek to know and to understand these things because these things are important. It's time for you to learn. It's time for you to hear. It's time for you to have some spiritual maturity. I don't want you to be unlearned and untaught, but instead I want to reveal something to you that God has revealed to me. 
spiritual gifts. Verse 2 says this, For you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So he begins to speak right away about the source of all the power, the source of where it's coming from, the source of the gift. We know it's given by Jesus Christ, but it works through the administration of the office of the person of the third part of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Verse 4 says this, Now there are diversities of gifts, but they are of the same Spirit. This word diversities right here means differences. So he's saying there are different types of gifts, but even though there are different types of gifts, I want you to know that they all come from the same source. They all come by the way of the Holy Spirit. Come on, y'all still with me tonight? And verse 5 says this, There are differences of administrations, which means ministries, but by the same Lord. There are different types of ministries, but it all comes from the same Lord, the same God. In verse 6, And there are diversities, which means differences of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation, verse 7, which means to make visible, that word manifestation means to make visible, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So I don't want you to lose this tonight. He tells us in this verse, before we start getting into the the gifts of the Spirit, he tells us the reason and the purpose of the gifts, which is, it is by the making visible of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The reason that God gives gifts is for our edification, is for our building up, is for our benefit, but it's also to show God and reveal God to all. Amen? The same God that works in us can also work in you. It is to bring glory, to bring visibility, to bring manifestation to God so that He, hallelujah, gets all the emphasis, He gets all the glory, He gets it all. Amen? It is all to build up the Lord even more and draw people more and more unto Him. That is the reason and the purpose of the gifts as they work and flow through us. It is to bring glory to Himself. Verse 8 says this, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, divers, which means different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So we see now 
the Apostle Paul breaking out here nine different spirits, the gifts of the spirits. So he puts them, I'm not going to talk about them in order, but I'm going to talk about them in the different classes that the Lord lays them out. First, we have the first types of gifts, which is going, which is going to be the gifts of knowledge, the gifts of wisdom, the gifts of the different types of, of tongues, the, the, the uh, diversities. He's talking here about gifts of the mind. Gifts of the mind, that as the Lord gives us something, that it comes first into our mind and it begins to work in our mind so that we know it registers with our heart, amen? It registers with our spirit and begins to work and tell us things. So the first gift that he talks about here is going to be knowledge. So this would be the type of gifting that the Lord would give someone to give them a type of knowledge, some type of information that they could have, not just information that can be spoken and passed along, but also information that can be received. I've heard stories and situations of where someone was seeking an answer to something, seeking that they needed an answer, and no one could figure out the situation. No one could figure out exactly what needed to be done. No one knew what to do, but all of a sudden the Lord would quicken someone and He would give them or He would give that person or persons the gift of knowledge on something. It is a gift from the Spirit in how to do something. And not just how to do something, but also to transfer over that information. The gift of knowledge. Has anyone ever heard of the gift of knowledge? Or can they can think of a situation where they receive something and everyone knew it was a, it was a specific word from the Lord? Anybody remember any situations where someone had received knowledge? Daniel, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He talked about Daniel. Remember when Daniel needed information? Y'all remember the story that basically Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to slay everyone because all, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said all of these seers are fakes. None of them can tell me anything. None of them can give me anything. And he said, if somebody don't give me some information soon, amen, I'm going to kill all of you. And Daniel says, you know what? I'm going to get with my friends and we're going to begin to seek the Lord. And we know that the Lord gave them the information. Anybody remember the story? And he had supernatural knowledge from the Lord. It was a gift of the Spirit where they gave them supernatural knowledge. Knowledge that we could not understand. Knowledge to where we could not figure it out. But the Lord gave them this gift of knowledge to understand. And not only to understand, but to transfer this type of of information. The second type of gift that we see is the gift of wisdom. Now, wisdom is the how-to of knowledge. Have you ever met someone that was probably really, really book smart, but they didn't necessarily have the how-to of how to accomplish that information, how to put it to use, how to put it to work? That's where wisdom comes into play. Wisdom is usually blended with knowledge and experience is what wisdom comes forth. And so the Lord is talking about another gift here of where someone would be given wisdom, supernatural wisdom that would surpass all human understanding. Anybody remember tonight any situations in the Word or in their own lives where the Lord gave them wisdom 
about a specific situation. Maybe not to go there. Maybe not to do this just yet. Maybe not to carry forth with this, whatever it may be. Anybody remember tonight where the Lord gave them specific wisdom from up on high? Anybody remember tonight? Jericho? Amen. Yeah. Amen, I can see that, yeah. Amen. Yeah, you know that situation, and I think that's a lot of obedience too in that specific situation, but it could definitely be, sister, absolutely, a situation where it doesn't make sense to us it does not seem like it lines up with the Word of God, but it is supernatural wisdom that the Lord would give for specific situations, something that we could not have figured out on our own or had not figured out on our own, but the Lord would give them wisdom that would tell them the how-to of a specific situation, to apply to that situation, to apply to that specific circumstance. Supernatural wisdom. And the third type of gift of the mind is going to be the discerning of the spirits. So the Bible tells us that there are many spirits, but there's only one God. And the Bible also tells us that we should test the spirits, meaning we should test the spirits, test it to see, amen, if it is truly of God. So this is supernatural gift given to a believer to where they can discern on whether this is truly from the Lord or if this is from another spirit, another source. The discerning literally means choosing or being able to understand right from wrong. It is the discerning of spirits. When Brother Bubba and I were in, were in India, there was a lady who came to us out of one of the little huts. We had, it was only the second night we were there. And she walked up to us, and there was a big crowd around us that was leading us through this village. And it had just started getting dark at night. You could barely see a lot in that, in that particular village. And this woman came up to us, and they, she was just standing there. And we didn't really know what she wanted at first. And I, so I asked the pastor, I said, well, does she want us to pray for her? And he asked her in their language, and she said, no, she did not want us to pray for her. But he leaned over to me and he said, I would like for you to pray with her. He said, I, be I really believe that she is vexed with a demon. And so we began to literally lay hands and pray for her. And as we began to pray for this woman, she began to growl at us. And she began to and really breathe hard and really talk. And I didn't hear another voice from within her, but she really was getting, she was breathing really hard and she was clenching her fist. And we just continued to stand there and pray for her. And I could feel the power of God flowing. I could feel the power of God working. And it literally began to rain. Rain began to fall from the heavens. And we continued just to pray for this woman standing outside in this village. And as we began to pray for her, she slowly began to subside. And then she fell backwards and they caught her. But as she was laying on the ground, I looked into her face. And as she opened her eyes and she began to set back up, her entire countenance had changed. Her entire complexion 
had changed. This woman had been delivered, hallelujah, by the power of God. Amen. But it is supernatural gift of the discerning of spirits. Is this truly of the Lord? Or is it of another spirit? Church, I want to tell you, the church is full of wolves in sheep's clothing. We have to be very careful. We love the people as they come in. We try and help them. We try and feed them. We try and grow them. We try and do all those things. But I want to tell you, you just got sometimes some people come in, they got their own agenda. And I'm not saying we ever be gun-shy of people because that's the function of the church is to open our doors and invite in the world to the presence of the Lord God Almighty. But we have to be wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. And we need, we have to have God's Spirit helping us to understand what's truly of God and the path we should take and what we should do and what's truly of another spirit. Because I want to tell you something, church. Mankind is greedy and jealous and selfish. And God is sacrificially giving. God is always giving. We need the Spirit of the Lord to help us discern what is of God and what we should do and what is of another spirit, including a selfish spirit that mankind usually has. Those are the three gifts of the mind, as they are called. The second types of gifts that we see of the nine gifts falls into the category. These are called the power gifts. And these are miracles, healing, and the gift of faith. So miracles, the gift of miracles, we see Christ operating in literally all of these things. In fact, the Apostle Paul, and I'll show you in a moment, he said that he operated in all nine of these gifts. We see great men of faith acting out in all these types of gifts. Christ especially would operate constantly in all these gifts of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit to an overflowing capacity. But the first type of gift we see in this category, the power gifts, is going to be the gift of miracles. And so these are the types of gifts of where someone can pray over something and a miracle, hallelujah, takes place. And we see Christ doing this constantly. Remember the story of the 5,000. And it was just 5,000 men that it said. With women and children, it could have been as many as potentially 20,000 people there that had gathered. But Christ would ask them, what do we have to eat? Well, we only have the five loaves of bread and we only have the two fishes. But it says that Christ looked on them and he had compassion on them and their situation. Meaning, I don't just have sympathy, I don't just have empathy, but I want to do something to alleviate your situation. I want to try and help you in some form or fashion. Meaning, I don't just look and I see and I feel, but there's action behind what I look and I see and I feel. That is the definition of compassion. Church is an action word. And Christ said he had compassion on the multitudes because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he desired to feed them. He said, bring me what you have. And it says that he took it and he blessed it and he thanked the Lord for what they had. And when he gave it to them, as they began to distribute it all to the people, church, it never ran out. Church, that was a miracle. It was a miracle that happened. Anybody remember the story 
of Elisha. Remember, the woman, she puts a little room up for him and he says, well, how can I help you? And she basically says, I want a son, I want a child, and, but I don't want to pray for a child because I'm afraid something's going to take him away from me. And so he prays that she would be with child and she becomes with child. But then we know that he's out there working with his father and we believe it's probably like a heat stroke or something happened to the young man and the young man dies. And he's laying in his mother's arms. She says, go run and get to the prophet. Go to the prophet and says, I told you not to give me a son. I knew something bad was going to happen to him. And so the prophet comes back. And the prophet goes in the room and he shuts the door. And you remember the story, he basically prays for him. And then he lays himself, he stretches his hands out to the young man's hands, his mouth to his mouth, his nose to his nose, his eyes to his eyes. Basically, he covers them with his body. And it says after that, and he began to pray unto the Lord that he would touch this child. It says that warmth and life began to come back into the young man, and the young man sneezed. Church, I want to tell you that was a miracle. That young man was healed. Miracles are when we pray for something and God allows the power to work through that prayer to happen. And church, I want to tell you all tonight, miracles still happen, amen? You believe it tonight? Miracles still happen, hallelujah. They still happen. All these gifts are still functioning and flowing in the body. They still happen. The second type of gift in the power gifts is going to be the gift of healing. We see Christ doing this over and over and over again. Someone would come to him. It says that he would literally heal the multitudes. He would pray and they would be healed. He would hear them speak and he would speak to him, go your way, your faith has made you whole. And it says literally lepers were healed, that the blind would see, that the deaf would hear, that the dumb would speak, that the lame would walk. Everywhere Christ went, hallelujah, there was miracles, there was healing that followed after him. We see it now that God tells us there will be some gifted in the body, there will be some that will have a gift that when they pray for something, hallelujah, that person or persons will will be healed by the power of God. They'll be healed. These are gifts of the Spirit. We see the man that was dropped down with palsy. Do you remember he was dropped down? They lowered his bed down into the place where Christ was. And he says, your faith has made you whole. Take up your bed and walk. He was healed from that very moment. The man that was lame for some 30 years at the pools of Bethesda, he was healed at those pools. He told him to take up your bedroll and go and walk away with it. And the man was healed from that very moment. Church, I want to tell you, healing still occurs. Amen? There's nowhere in the Word of God that God said these gifts were going to cease. The third type of gift that we see in the power gifts is the gift of faith. So this is the type of faith that no matter how bad the circumstances get, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how bleak it gets, no matter how much down in the hole and everyone else has given up and everyone else has thrown in their swords and everyone else has says, you know what, just throw the rocks on top of me and die. The Lord says that He's going to give some an extra measure of faith. He's going to give them a gift of faith that says, you know what, y'all may have all given up. Y'all may have all walked out on the Lord. Y'all may look at the circumstances, but I want to tell you now, I have faith and I have trust in the Lord. Church, there are some 
people that have faith that can move mountains, amen. They can move anything because they say, you know what, I will believe in the Lord, I will trust in the Lord. God has given some an extra measure of faith to trust and believe through all circumstances, no matter how bleak they are. An extra measure of faith. And then the third category for the gifts of the Spirit is going to be the vocal gifts. So we see prophecy, we see tongues, and then we see the interpretation of tongues. So a word of prophecy is going to be those who have been gifted by the Lord to where the Lord reveals things to them and they can then speak those things. Prophecy means many things, but primarily... It usually means they watch out. It's a watch out for something. But church, did you know this about prophecy? Usually prophecy tells us something that we already know. It's a confirmation. It's not always the case, but usually it's a confirmation of something that we already know in our hearts. And we see prophets all through the Old Testament, but we see the Lord gifting others with the gift of prophecy a warning, a sign, knowledge of what is to come, knowledge of what to expect, knowledge on what we should do. The Lord will give a specific word to a certain people at a certain time in a certain area for a specific purpose. The word of prophecy is given the prophetic of things and events that is to come a watch out. Another type of gift in this category, the vocal gifts, is going to be the gift of tongues. Now, I spoke to you this morning about the, what the word tongues actually means. It actually means languages. So there's basically three types of tongues that we see in the Word of God. The first type is going to be where the Lord gives us a prayer language. And I'll show you Scripture for that in just a second. The second type we see is where the Lord gives us Knowledge, or He gives us the ability to actually understand other languages so that we could communicate with people who speak that specific language. And then the third type of tongue that we see in the Word of God is going to be where the Lord gives a specific message in tongues. And there should be either that person or usually another who can interpret that tongue or that message or that language. And that is the third type of gift is the interpretation of tongues. Someone has been gifted to interpret that specific message that was given by the Lord. Well, Brother Joy, can you show me scripture that there's different types of tongues or languages in the Word of God? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Turn with me over to the next chapter of chapter 13 in verse 1. Y'all still with me tonight? We still got a little bit of time. The apostle would say this, 13 and 1, Though I speak with the tongues, languages of men, and of angels, whoa, angels, and have not charity, which means love, I have become as a sounding brass or as a tinkling cymbal. In chapter 14, the apostle would say this in verse 1, Follow after love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in an unknown language speaks not unto men, but unto God. 
For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So if you've ever heard someone speak in tongues, there are times when you can <clears throat> hear someone speak in tongues and you hear them again the next week or the next day or whatever and it sounds like they are speaking in the same type of tongue. Anybody ever heard that in the house tonight? That is a specific prayer language that the Lord has given you when He filled you with the Spirit. And it's a prayer language, as the Lord tells us, unto angels, as we just read, that when you pray, you're praying unto God. It's like an angelic language. You don't even know what it means. There are other times when the Lord will give you the gift of tongues to where you can speak tongues to someone. We've heard stories of missionaries that went to other countries and they didn't speak the language, but yet the Lord would gift them at that moment with languages and they could talk with somebody in German. They could talk with somebody in French. They could talk with somebody in a different language. They could have a conversation with them and they could talk with them because the Lord had gifted them with the gift of languages so that others could understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Also, the gift of tongues is where someone can give a tongue, a message to a church, to a wide body, per se, a group of people, a specific word, a message. And then it tells us the last type in the power gift is going to be the interpretation of tongues. Have you ever heard someone give a tongue, a message, and yet there was someone to interpret that message? Last Sunday morning, the Lord gave me a tongue. I have no idea what it meant. I had someone approach me and say, Brother Joey, do you know what the tongues was you gave? And I said, I did not. The Lord used me a few times in that gift, not very often, maybe five or six. He said, well, this is what it meant. He said, the Lord moved on me to interpret the tongue, but I waited too long and I didn't do it. The Lord gave the gift of the tongue... And then the Lord gave the gift of interpretation to someone else. Both were for the body. It was all for the edification, for the building of the body. These gifts are like abilities that the Lord has given as a gift to believers to edify, build up the body, but also to be a sign to non-believers. Amen. Y'all still with me tonight? I'm going to read some verses. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Verse 12 says this. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink unto one spirit. For the body is not one member, but it is, it is many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, then where is the smelling? But now has God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased Him. 
And if they were all of one member, where was the body? But now there are many members, yet it's all one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, to the feet, no need of you. No, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable upon these will bestow more abundant honor. And our commonly parts have more abundant commonliness. For our commonly parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacks, that there should be no, no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffereth, all the members suffer with it, or one member to be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and you are members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, do all prophesy, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, and do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Church, we are all of one body of Christ with the diversities, the differences of gifts that God has chosen to distribute through us. Now, I want to leave you with this tonight. I'm not getting off into doctrine tonight. I just want to show you something because we need to be prepared, amen, when people question what we believe. The Bible says this in verse 9 of chapter 13. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity in these three, but the greatest of these is love. There are some that would say the gifts of the Spirit are no longer present today. I would question and challenge that. When did God ever tell us that the gifts of the Spirit are not for us today. When did they do away with them? And if they did do away with them, are we going to pick and choose which gifts that God gives us? Oh, we want the healing. I want the healing. Let's pray they be healed. But I'm not going to believe in the other gifts. God never said that the gifts... He said that the gifts shall only cease when that which is perfect is come. Church, has Jesus Christ come back for us yet? I say he hasn't because he's taken me with him, amen? He hasn't come back yet. When that which is perfect is come, church, we're not going to need prophecy anymore. And we're not going to need tongues, and we're not going to need signs and wonders. We're not going to need that anymore because we are going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Now we see through a glass darkly. 
Now we can understand all things. We can interpret all things. We don't know it all. We see through a glass darkly. We only can see and interpret and understand what God allows us to. But then, hallelujah, when we are with him for an eternity, we are going to be known as we are known by God as his children of the Most High. Hallelujah. Give him some praise tonight. Amen. Any questions tonight before we dismiss? I know I kind of ran through those rather quickly. Any comments? Did y'all profit from that tonight? Have y'all heard that before? Amen. Church, we should be very wise and educated on the things of the Lord and on the gifts of the Lord. The Bible tells us that we should have the five-fold ministry even in a small body like ourselves and that we should have the gifts of the Spirit even in a small body like ourselves. They are gifts from the Lord. Let us operate in them when God chooses to give them. Amen? Because like I said this morning, I desire and I want everything God wants to give me. I want it all. Amen? I don't want to miss anything in this life or in the next that God says I can have and that is for me. I want it all. I desire it all. Amen. Would you stand with us tonight? Church, don't forget, are we going to start our men's fellowship tomorrow night? Church, I think it's wonderful. In fact, I would seek the women to maybe seek the Lord about maybe doing something like that for yourselves. It's good to get with just the same sex and talk and discuss you know, men are going to say things around other men that they're not going to say around their wives and around other women, and women are vice versa. But it's good to fellowship in that capacity. So I would even encourage the men that are going to come tomorrow night. It's going to be tomorrow night here at 6.30, the men's fellowship. And it's going to be from 20 all the way up. It don't matter how old you are, amen. It's going to be from 20 all the way up. I would encourage you to come. I would even encourage maybe some of the... We had quite a few people that was out of church this morning, quite a few... It wasn't here. I would encourage you to reach out to some of them that you're close to and invite them to come tomorrow night. I know it's going to be good fellowship, and I, I look forward to that men's meeting. I think it's something we're going to really grow, and we're going to increase, and we're going to profit because of that relationship, amen, and the growth of those relationships. So please, men, if you can, come out tomorrow night. It's going to be at 630 here in the fellowship hall. We're going to eat, and we're going to fellowship. We're going to have a word. And we're just going to spend time together. And we'll see about the frequency of that as we begin to get it started. How good of a turnout we have and things like that. So I think it's going to be good and great. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. I've been desiring discipleship here since I came here almost eight years ago. And we haven't necessarily had that format. We've where we went hunting. We did some camping, things like that. It's all been great and good, but never something quite so consistent. And I think it's going to be good that men become the men of God that God desired them to be and that the women become the women of God that God desires them to be. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I would just ask that you would continue to reveal your word unto us. Give us revelation. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding of your word. Let us desire, O oh Lord God, gifts from you, O Lord. And allow us, Lord, to use those gifts, Lord, to grow your body, to increase within ourselves, 
to reach out to a lost and a dying and a hurting world. Use us, Lord, as instruments, Lord, to touch and increase others as you touch and increase us. We love you and we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the delivering of your word. And I thank you, Lord, for all of those souls that have gathered here tonight to hear from you. Keep us safe until we come back at the appointed time. In Jesus' name tonight, amen.